Good evening and welcome to Italian Impact Weekly, coming to you from Robert Morris University. I'm your host, Steve Stefano Mancini. And I'm Claudio Relsano. Thank you all for tuning in. Show number nine, Steve, and excited about our guest today as we're excited about all our guests. We are, or they beat us. Um, we're at episode nine. Wow, how time flies when you're having fun. Oh, it's yeah. funny because I don't, I don't think about the dates. It's I'm just so busy looking at who's coming down the pipe, I just kind of forget how much we've already done. And it's been... It's been fun. It's been flying at a pretty good pace. I like it. It is. And, and I've been getting some nice emails from people who listen to the show. And they say we're getting better, which is good. I'm coughing less. I'm not sick anymore. <laughs> so uh, everything's good. Everything's That's good. That's funny. Cause, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell a quick story real quick. Years ago, I, I can't say too much of the story, but I was, um, how can I say, okay. I was hiding under a bed. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, long story short, I, I, I was only under the bed for two minutes, less than that, right? But I, I wanted to cough. I wanted to clear my throat. And I'm on this, I, I was like, <laughs> and, and that was the longest, it was only two minutes. And I went, and as soon as these people left, not that I was robbing the house or anything, I, it's a long story. I, I'll tell it another time. But, um, uh, and it's a cute story. And, uh, but, uh, yes, while robbing maybe a home, we sh- Claudio, maybe we should edit this. <laughs> while robbing a home, no, Claudio no, 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 was no. able to hold out for two no, minutes. No, it wasn't that. So it wasn't that. Like, no, that's fine. There was okay. nothing bad, nothing illegal. Listen, the statute of limitations just, has run out. Which, by the way, it was 1982. Way, it was an oh, overreaction on my part, so I hid. <laughs> but I, I shouldn't. I should. I didn't. And really good on have you to. for not having to do jury duty today. We appreciate that. <laughs> One minute in, and I got the hell out. So we were just joking. It's like it's a great civic duty. At the same time, nobody wants to do. It. There's always the one or two that can't wait. I mean, they probably have nothing better to do, and they want to go down there and just, you know, I don't know, get their ten bucks a day. I knock on wood. I have never been called for jury duty. Wow, not once. You will now. Well, yeah, no kidding. It's that. That's the. Well, I was in the military all those years, so I was never a resident of the state that I was living. I was stationed. Right. Either I was overseas, oh, okay. or I was in different states. I was constantly moving around, so they never got me. Now I've been. This is the longest since I've grown up that I've actually lived in one area. I've, I haven't lived anywhere more than more than probably two or three years, with the exception of Pittsburgh, growing up, Virginia, because after I'd retired and stayed there for a few mm-hmm. years, and then coming back to Pittsburgh now. So this is the longest I've lived anywhere. In fact, this is the second longest I've ever lived anywhere in the last almost 30 years. I've lived in the same house for 58 years. Oh, wow. And if anybody wants to know that story, email me, and I'll tell you that story. The, right. the the 1982 story about how you were rough. I got how, it. No, how, no, how no, I had that's to have good. Bit, that's yeah. good. All right. Also, again, we want to thank any of our listeners who are listening online. And I do know for a fact there are people in other states tuning in right now. And there might even be one or two overseas listeners. So we want to appreciate those folks. Give them a shout out. And again, thank you. And if you do know you're going to be out of the Pittsburgh area, you can catch us live at khbradio.com. Or there's another place you can go, Claudio. Claudio, what's the other place they can go to? www.italianimpactweekly.com. <laughs> That's it. Italianimpactweekly.com. And again, as always, we appreciate any questions at italianimpactweekly.com. So please stay in touch. We do appreciate the feedback. We appreciate your support. And also, again, our show is intended to celebrate, you know, it's we're focusing on Italian-American culture. But if you just happen to not be Italian and listening to the show, but you have a hell of a story and you want it, please feel free to email us. We are always open to great ideas for good shows. So please, we are we are wide open to celebrate cultures in general. Even though, you know, this is called Italian Impact Weekly, don't ever feel that uh, everyone's not welcome. So That's if you sure. 
want to join us or have anything, uh, again, questions at italianimpactweekly.com. And if I'm not mistaken, we do have some non-Italians that we are tentatively scheduling to get on the show at some point. We know Jerry Cooney, former, uh, well, he's boxing icon, number one uh, yeah, heavyweight contender. No He'll former, be on. Right. What's that? It's like there's no former. It's like you're never a no, former no, Marine. You're no. never Aaron. So we got a lot of guys uh, no, and girls coming on that's that right. uh, aren't Italians. That's so, good. Uh, it'll be fun. Now, our guest tonight, she is Italian. Yes, We're going to go is. through that in a middle, in a minute. Um, Claudia, i got one thing I do want to ask you about, though. I was actually asked about this. I'm going to ask you on the air. Uh-oh. Italian Hall of Fame, the banquet. Yes. When are you guys going to have more details about that? Because I actually was asked by a few folks on that. And I know there's folks listening, and I know there are folks listening that are interested in the Italian Sports Hall of Fame coming up in August. So please. Uh, well, again, I, it's August 2nd uh, at the Lamont Restaurant in Mount Washington. Um, just email us if for, for interest, and we'll get them tickets. Good. Yeah, I've been, I've actually been asked by that. Yeah, get their, send us their name, uh, address. And yeah, what's the line going to come out? What's the actual, like, you know. Who's inducted? Yeah. Um, Monday, we will find out more. Oh, so coming soon. Yeah. All right, yeah, good. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I actually had some yeah. people ask me about that. So we, like, we've right, had some, geez, it's a who's who. Bruno Sammartino, Franco Harris. Uh, you know, I, I can go on and on with how many, you know. And then they it's also have been inducted. Right. Been in, Boom Boom Mancini, uh, Vinny Pazienza. Who? I'm just kidding. Uh, they, they've had so many people. And then um, they have Coach of the Year awards at Jim Velvano. No, Jim Velvano was inducted. Um, uh, John Calipari won the Coach of the Year. I won a Coach of the Year award in 2016. And um, so it's a great, uh, it's a who's who of Pittsburgh Italians, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Good. I'm actually been uh, looking forward to uh, attending that. I've never been to one, and I've actually had a few folks ask me about that. So I'm trying to get more details. Dan Marino. Uh, who? How can I forget yeah, Dan Marino? He's a Central fact, Catholic his, graduate, by the way. That's right. It's the and only his, thing that matters and to his me. Dad if he didn't go to my high school, I... <laughs> his dad was the founder of the organization. Oh, that's right. I forgot that's right. what year. Um, but um, the, the national or the Pittsburgh chapter? Pittsburgh chapter. Okay. Yeah. Dan's in both, obviously, as, as is San Martino, as is Valvano, um, as is Pazienza. But they also honor those guys, as is Mancini. But they honor them here in Pittsburgh, too. As a matter of fact, I think we're the only chapter left other than the main one. Is that so. in Chicago or something? Yes, that's right. in Chicago. Interesting. All right. Well, with that being said, I appreciate that because, like I said, I've been asked for updates, and we are always trying to get word out there. Again, we actually do, contrary to popular belief, Joe, the engineer, we actually do have listeners, sir. It's your fine engineering that allows this. But anyways, let us tell you forward and uh, talk to our guest today. Lydia Strome is going to be our guest today. And, uh, again, very successful businesswoman. I met her through one of the, I call them social groups. We're going to talk a little bit about that, um, ISDA. There's a bunch of them out there, so her and I. Um, have met. We'd met once a while ago. Then, of course, there weren't many meetings. I missed one. COVID happens. Everyone's locked in their houses. Or let's have a virtual social event. Yeah, it's very successful. Sarcasm <laughs> intended. But recently, we had a. Um, what was about a month ago when we had the uh, current Carnavale. Yeah. It was called Carnavale. That's it, because everyone brought their masks. Yes, yeah. but. Um, and it so, was in the week of Carnavale. We did that intentionally. I hope so, because otherwise people had masks on. We're thinking, okay, this is a little weird, but uh, that's good. Um, but no, okay, with that being said, then how about we welcome our guest, Lydia Strome. Thank Hi. you. Hi, I'm Lydia Strome. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I think you guys are doing a great job, and I wish you more success than you ever imagined. We appreciate that. And it was great talking to you before the show. You're from lifelong uh, Coriopolis. I'm right across the bridge from you. We talked about... Um, 
uh, it just hit me. I'm losing my mind. Maria's Italian. Maria's Italian restaurant. And I still have a little calendar from there. I forgot what year it was. Mm -hmm. But they had the best capicola ever. I mean, I still get it in other spots. Mm -hmm. But, man, that place was good. And they were wonderful people. Her and her husband were very nice people. Very nice people. Absolutely wonderful. And I can um, outdo you. He said he lived in the same house for 58 years. I've been in mine for 60. There you go. There you go. You got me beat by a couple years. I never left. I'm the second oldest on my street as far as living. I guess I'm born and raised, same house, same everything. Mm -hmm. And um, now my daughter gets to walk in my little footsteps so it's nice that is nice it's nice yeah yeah and you know everybody you know what though it's, it's not the sword, same the yeah but it's not <laughs> the same as it used to be um years ago uh, again the, the big influx of italians who came here you know in the in the teens and they stayed here forever even though the game plan was to come here for x money years make money and go back to italy they stayed here but now people come in for five six years seven years and they leave five six seven i'm the old timer you mean in the neighborhood or in the country? In the neighborhood. Oh, right. Yeah. But people turn over houses quick. Even where yeah. I'm at, I'm in a new development, and uh, I've probably seen at least half of the houses have already sold in the last five years. I'm like, you build a house, and two, three years later, you're already selling it. I mean, I, I, I get profit and all, but how much could you be making to make it, you know? Or, and, and lady, I want to ask you, too. Remember Dr. Polis? Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Dr. Polis, and then across the street was... Uh, the Floros, and I told you about Miss Calipari and mm-hmm. Ross Cal. Yeah, all those people. Yeah. And 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 Quiropolis, that strip, ton of Italians as well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I think maybe both towns. You would know more about Quiropolis than I, but it, it's it's changed. Oh, it's, it's yeah, changed. it's all changed. Yeah. All the older people are now passing away. Yeah. Like my father, uh, he came here in 1955, and in June, unfortunately, surprising to all of us, he passed away. He oh, had a massive sorry. heart attack. He was in my arms, but he was great. He was a butcher, and um, he was a third generation of uh, <coughs> butcher, and he did prosciuttos, oh. and everybody, and he did really, he's, his prosciutto recipe is insane, and I can't give you the recipe unless you marry me, so. <laughs> <laughs> we used to make 300 pounds of, of a sausage. Sa- sausage every year, and one time I, I told my mom, I want it hot, real hot. She said, okay. So, we, you know, we got the, the, the vat. Put it, when you walk into the room, your eyes would burn. We had to take her to the emergency room because her, her skin got red. And it was, you know, the kind of... Making uh, man, you sausage. What's that? Making you sausage. Making me sausage. <laughs> but remember the loose meat kind of manichinata? It, mm. was, it was hot. But then whenever you would put it, uh, you know, hang it up, it was still hot, but not as hot as I wanted it. So I told my mom, Ma, next year. She said, I don't want to hear anything. That's it. This is as hot as it gets. But it was it was good. And, and forgive me, you're from Calabria, your people, correct? No. Oh, no. Oh, where? Yeah. Where? Oh, I just got stabbed. Oh, <laughs> where? Because we're going to get into an argument here. Where, where, where are you from? No, but I do love the Calabres. Okay. I, I've known them forever and ever. And I have to thank one woman who's Calabres <coughs> for the job that I had. Um, she lived across the street. And she was Maria's very dear friend. As a matter of fact, uh, Maria had baptized, I think, uh, one of her kids. So, um, so you know, we knew her well. But um, there's a lot of Abruzzes in Coriopolis. Oh, yeah. But we have some, we let some of you guys in. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, all right? Now, I met you five minutes. Very lovely lady. Thank you. Let me ask you an honest question. Which food is better, Abruzzes or Calabres? Well, they have such different styles. They do. They are totally different. 
like the Calabrese really like spicy stuff. Yes, we do. And I like spicy stuff. The Abruzzese, we don't eat too much spicy stuff. But um, I don't know that there's one better than the other. All right. Because Italy's Italy, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to say, oh, we're, we're better. Because we're not. I mean. And, and you know, too, there was, a, there was a town right down from, uh, it's in Calabria. From, my mom was from Nucera Terenez and my dad was from Falerna. Right down the road was a place called Yetzeria. Uh, Jitsidia. Mm-hmm. It's still there. It's not it's still so there. Those towns never go away. They don't go away. And, and a lot of them, like in Swickley, it was Palinese, a couple of and a bunch of uh, Jets, people from Jitsidia. So it was that, you know, group. That group, group. And they speak a little different. And they're cooking is a little different. And we're just right down the road. It's almost like Pittsburgh and Corrales. Is it Greek? Mm-hmm. What's that? Is it Greek? A Greek, a big, well, because yeah. there's actually pockets in Calabria that they speak Greek. In fact, it's the Greek oh, no, from like no, a no. thousand years ago. They still speak it. It, it was interesting, just an interesting side note on that, though, because some of these villages were so isolated, mm-hmm. and they're basically, they're, for life, they're dying out. The young right. people, they, they're gone. The old people are just kind of staying there, and they're just basically dying out. And I was just reading, in fact, a lot of them are in Cal- Calabria, mm-hmm. that they are actually trying to record the older people talking to preserve the uh, language because it's literally they're losing all of these languages. I mean, they have Albanians in there. Sure. You have Greek, and I'm not talking like they just came here 50 years ago. These people have been like a, like a thousand years, mm-hmm. if longer in some cases. In fact, some of these go back to like the Roman Empire. Yeah. So they still have these pockets of these. They're not dialects. They're completely different languages, and they're still speaking it. But there's just so few people speaking yeah. it. That's why it's funny when you say that. But you don't. But but. It, it might be down the road, but it might literally be a different country in yeah. some ways. Because oh, it, is. it was like, hey, this was settled by the Greeks. Yeah. Five miles up the road, maybe it was, you know, the Romans went there. Maybe, you know, there's some some influence, but basically mm-hmm. they kept speaking Greek. They, you know, speak Latin. That kind of, you know, morphs into Calabrese and they're mm-hmm. Greek. And maybe they go out a little bit, so they kind of get a little bit of the Calabrese or Italian, whatever. But, either, but like, they're just basically, they're just separate cultures. We, we, we might say frisola. Yeah. Right. They say, Jesse says frisola. Yeah, or when I talk to my aunt in Italy, she's or well, she lives in she's from Milano. My uncle was from Nocera, but he moved to Milano, and I understand everything my uncle says because he'll speak my Calabrese. Her, if she says a thousand words, I'll understand about seven hundred of them. But I get it, and I talk to both of them every week, and I talk to my aunt who's in Nocera. Uh, yeah, Nocera every week. But last thing too about the food, we like fennel. Oh, we love fennel. But it, my aunt is from Bruxelles, uh, who married my uncle, and they don't use fennel. Oh, yes, we do. I mean, her group. Her group her is, doesn't use fennel. Yeah, we use and, But they use black pepper. We always use We don't pepper. use black pepper in the, in the sauces. We use the red pepper. So it's, yeah, uh, we know that very well. A little controversy there, no, but it's all good. Yeah, it, it's, it's all good. It's good. And, you know, it's funny. <laughs> you were talking about dialects. Um, when I first graduated college, I went to work for Procter & Gamble. But this is back in 1983, and front-wheel drive wasn't around. <laughs> We're so, talking about yeah. that. So, you know, um, I got stuck so many places, especially because West Virginia was down there a lot. And um, a new company just moved into Pittsburgh. It was called Italian Pianti of America. So my sister was a headhunter. Mm-hmm. So she went there to see what they needed, and um, they offered her the job that I took. Um, and I didn't want that job. So it was funny. I got stuck like the night that she went to interview, that she went to find out what they needed. 
And um, so my mother was like, that's it, you're changing jobs. I'm sick and tired of you getting stuck here, there, and everywhere. And you don't, I don't know where you're gonna sleep, and I don't know if somebody's gonna come and get you. And I said, okay, mom. <laughs> so um, my sister said, Lydia, you need to go to this job. They're very nice people. I said, oh. and my mother was standing right there. And she said, she's going for the interview. So I went for the interview. And the guy that I interviewed with, his name was Tony Tropiano. And he was from Calabria. And he started talking. He said, do you understand Italian? I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. Very well. And he started whacking away. But <laughs> he was speaking a dialect. Sure. Great guy. Um, but I answered in English. Because he didn't ask me, do you speak Italian? And I figured, I don't want to screw this up too bad. So <laughs> after a while, I was answering everything correctly. And he knew that I understood. And he says, but excuse me, do you speak Italian? I said, oh, yes, I do speak Italian, but I don't speak Calabrese. That's right. Oh. There's a difference. There's a huge so difference. Did he hire you? Heck, yeah. All right. When I was in Italy <laughs> in 80, like <laughs> I, I was at my grandfather's, of course, and my grandmother's, so I called my mom. And I'm speaking to her in English, and she's speaking to me in Italian. And I taught her English. She taught me Italian. And my dad unless he was mad at me, spoke to me in English. So I don't have a, uh, an accent. No. I know a friend of mine who's, who does have a tinge of an accent. Mm -hmm. But my grandfather, I'll never forget, his head was tilted. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm talking to my mom. You're talking to her in English. I said, yeah. I mean, he didn't understand how I went. But that's the way it worked. That's the way it worked. Yeah. Yeah. You see, that's interesting. And I'll tell you why. You said your parents came here in 1955? No, my dad came here in 1955. 55. And your parents came here when? My dad came here in 35. He was born in 28. My mom came here in 62. She was born in 30, 63. She was born in 39. She no. was 22 when she got here. And I'll tell you why, because this is kind of a, a, an interesting point. In both of your cases, your families continued to speak to you in Italian and did not discourage you from learning Italian, right? Not at all. My mother wanted me to speak Italian. My sister spoke very well because my grandparents were here at the time. So when my sister was being raised, everybody spoke Italian at, in the house. Mm -hmm. But my dad came <clears throat> from Italy, and he came in 1955. My mother went back, and um, she went back to marry her other boyfriend. That <laughs> he was in Australia, but my dad swooped in. And she fell madly in love with my dad. <laughs> and um, so she wrote to him and said, you know what, um, I'm marrying somebody else. But, you know, I love you just the same, but, you know, you're not here and I'm not going to wait because this guy is the right guy. And my, my, they didn't live in the same town. One lived in Taco de Casaria. I don't know if you've ever seen that liquor that tastes like NyQuil. It's in the, in the bottle. <laughs> 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 and that, that was my dad's town. And That's a go good selling point for booze, by the way. It's just like <laughs> right. NyQuil. Oh, yeah, go ahead. pick me up a fifth. <laughs> well, you know what? If you got sick, they always gave you a teaspoon of that. Always. So, That's the answer to everything. Yeah, here, take a teaspoon of NyQuil. That's right. Uh, oh, or, um, the booze. The Whiskey, booze. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whiskey was so, um, traditional. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's cold out. Yeah, well, we... You're yeah. eight years old. Toothache. It's cold out. Well, yeah. Stuffy sure. nose, yeah. headache. <laughs> it's July. Yeah, it's cold outside. Here's a shot of whiskey. Oh, yeah. And I, and, you know... Um, so, uh, my mom uh, would go to his town, and he's like, who's that? And they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's Sabatina's daughter. Oh, she just come back from the United States. They said, yeah, because my parents were supposed, my mother was supposed to come here right <coughs> after the war, or actually before the war, and uh, they had tickets to come, and they were on their way to Naples when uh, the 
Nazis had bombed the passenger ship. So when they got to, to where they were, they said, turn around and go home. My grandfather did not want them on that boat. So my great-grandfather was the first guy who came here, and he went to work down in Washington, D.C. He was building the train station, mm. but they had a big farm, and it was a, an industrial farm where they had olives and grapes. In, in Italy. In Italy, and they had animals and stuff, and that's how my dad met my grandmother because he'd go and buy stuff from my grandmother. Um, so, you know, it was, it was, they knew each other, you know. So when my mother went back, everybody thought she was going to marry this other guy who was supposed to be there. He, was, he left for Australia. But my mother, I got to go back a little bit. My mother was born an American citizen in Italy because mm. my grandfather came to take my great-grandfather's place. So they switched back and forth. So he became, you had to be an American citizen to work at that train station. So they gave them American citizenships right away. So my mother was Kind of like nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> there was a little, never mind, a little political jab there. I know. <laughs> so anyways, my mother was an American citizen, and so was my aunt. Like, they were both American citizens, born in Italy. Um, so when they came over, there wasn't a lot. They didn't have to go through Ellis Island or, you know, none of that. So Well, it was way past that period, mostly, though, right? No. When did that, I mean... I mean, I, I suspect immigration changed a lot after the war, how they were coming in. Yeah, but my, my grandmother, I mean, my mom and my grandmother came right away, like after the war was over. Mm-hmm. Boom, they were on that boat, and they were coming over. So I think they got here. The war actually ended. I think they got here, like, maybe two years later. About I mean, 47, 48, something like that. Yeah, <coughs> so um, my mother said that my grandfather went to the station at the boat station, there was a dock, and he walked right past her. He didn't know who she was. Mm. He didn't recognize her. Wow. Because he hadn't seen her for many, many years. So I think she was 15 when she came. So, um, you know, they, they had a good life. And, and I have to tell you, I laugh when everybody talks about, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit Polish, I'm a little bit German. We all laugh because we're like, but we're Italian. Completely. Yeah, it's right. like, hey, you know, what are you? We don't say we're American. <coughs> now we'll say we're Italian American. Right. But, uh, you know, so. But I, I was raised with everything like you, everything that was Italian. And my grandmother, like, she went back to Italy. They finally retired and went back to Italy. Uh, and like I said, they had a huge farm. Huge packages would show up. And inside it was nuts. Like, they had tons of nuts. They'd sell nuts. And there's a heavy box of nuts and cheese. And yeah, the food. cheese, of course. Yeah, and, and brooms and everything. Yeah, upaco, we called it. Yeah, upaco. That's well, right. Yeah, and my sister and I would be sitting on the steps waiting for the paco to show up. And they'd always put stuff in there for us. Yeah. And my grandmother was a, was a, a really, they were both wonderful to me. And on my dad's side, nobody spoke English. You know, my grandmother always, I'd bring home an Italian newspaper and an American newspaper, and I hand her both of them. <laughs> She'd be reading the American newspaper first. But um, you, you mentioned Upaku. My my grandfather, as I said on the show before, was a shoemaker. <clears throat> he would send me some beautiful shoes. Right now, this is when I was in, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. Right. But the problem was he would send me the shoes, but he would also send the shoes and Upaku with the cheese. Uh, and uh, as a grandpa, you send them separately. Oh, they cost so much money. Yeah, but I can't wear these shoes. Every cat in town is going to follow me. That's it. You know? That's right. And then they say, he used to send the uh, Gasso de Cavado, which was really good. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, my God, was it good. 
But but that wasn't the strong cheese. The 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 other cheese. And my dad said, "Yeah, the sharper." But I can't wear these shoes. I never wore any of those shoes. I still have a couple, and I think they still smell like cheese. <laughs> that was from 1972. But um, it was a shame because they were beautiful shoes. And he used to get mad. Send me a picture with you wearing shoving those the shoes. cheese in the shoe. He may as well because they were all. He put newspaper around them. That's not going to do anything. No, they didn't yeah. have too much plastic bags back no, then. No, and we would send them corduroy pants. Oh, yeah. When my grandfather would walk around corduroy pants, man, they thought he was big time. Send razors. Yeah. Uh, you know, back to Italy. Us. Back to Italy. Oh, yeah. yeah. All that stuff, yeah. The irony is the things we take for granted, you know? Yeah, well, I remember razors. when I was there, as I said, in 80, and I had, I had Converse, Dr. J, white Converse, and I had corduroy pants. And... People looked at me like I was. And so I asked my grandfather, I said, why is everybody, I know that they know that I'm a foreigner, but why are they looking at me the way they are? And some of them, I was only 15, and some of them are kind of acting a little bit funny with me uh, because they think, you know, because you're wearing corduroy pants. I said, well, is that bad? They, if you wore corduroy back then over there, you know, you were you were big time. Yeah. You know, and I had the white shoes, this, that, and the other yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. I said, I'm just some kid from Swickley. My Adidas, my yeah. Adidas. There you go. <laughs> it's 80s song. It was in the 80s, yeah. Well, yeah, but. good times. All right, Lydia, let's um, let's kind of talk a little bit then. So your family's born in Italy. and it's Oh, but, but going back to my point, though, um, but it seems like when I talk to people from older generations, they say, oh, we were discouraged from learning Italian. You guys meet we people. We were not discouraged. Did you ever meet people like that? They tell you their story way back when. It was a time when they didn't want their kids to learn Italian because they wanted to be assimilated into American culture. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there's like a, I don't know, there came a point where it's like, oh, who cares? I'm guessing it had to have been something after the war was over. But but because even Italians now that immigrate here, like the younger generation, different a different kind of immigrant than, say, 100 years ago versus you know 60 years ago yeah that's, it's, there's a big difference it's just different 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 people so they're not as they're not coming here necessarily to assimilate like they were say 100 something years ago i mean in my opinion uh, so they they were coming to assimilate. they become americans you know they're gonna be american we're gonna speak american we're american america 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 we're gonna wave our flag and we're gonna do that and then you know war happens Italians were, before that Italians were not treated well and I think that was a big reason why there was such a push to be assimilated so they wouldn't be treated differently. Right. Everything's over, everything's settled. You know, post-World War II, when people come over here, it seems like they're very different, especially the newer ones. They don't they don't only not discourage it. They look for places to almost stick their kids to keep learning, you know, Italian. Because I was talking to somebody who was, was an Italian teacher, and she says, you know, these these Italians that come over and then they got their kids. Let's say they're in their business, they're a doctor, they're a lawyer, and they're just, they're not, they're not coming here to live for a long time. But now their kids are here with them. So they're going to school. So they're learning English. You know, a little bit of Italian they're learning, but they're learning at home. Now they got to go back to Italy. But they don't speak Italian. They don't. <laughs> and they what? don't want to stay either. Yeah. Because we had a lot of people who came to our company. And the kids were really small. So when they had to go back. That's well, the only life they know. Yeah, those kids didn't want to go. Hmm. And even when they went back, they weren't comfortable because their Italian wasn't that great. Because, you know, like you said, they should speak to them in Italian. But they didn't read and write and do everything like the other Italian kids did. So we had a lot of them move back. Yeah. Well, plus you got to throw it, too. Kids always develop their own slang and yeah. cultural norms. I mean, think of the things you talked about when you were 15, 16 years old, which would be everyone would laugh at you and your data now. But at the time, that was your generation. And then 
the little kids are doing something. I'm sure today they're doing something different that I would look at and go, what, what the heck's the matter with these kids? Right. But now you throw that kid into a coach that isn't doing that, you know, now what? They don't, they're just not, it's not going to click. But I want to go, I want to kind of build up on you because, um, you know, one of the reasons we brought you on here, you know, Claudia and I have always talked about wanting to bring on successful, you know, people in business, people that have just got, you know, a lot of experience, a lot of advice. You know, we want people to listen here, not only to be entertained, but to be informed. Right. Um, so I want to talk about you. You you were telling me before you, you know, where you went to school and how you started out. Kind of walk us through that a little bit. Well, uh, when I graduated, I went to work for Procter & Gamble. And like I said, it snowed. And my mother's like, no way. You know, you, <laughs> so she said, I want you to find something at home. <laughs> so my sister said, well, we have this job up and moved down to. The company was here. They're looking for somebody just like you. And I'm like, oh, come on, Adele. I said, these, these people, I don't speak Italian as well as you. And she says, yeah, but you speak proper Italian. That's all they want. Just go up there and interview. If you don't want the job, don't take it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, my mother's like, yeah, you better take it. <laughs> <laughs> no more trips to West Virginia for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mother doesn't talk with too much of an accent. Good. You met her. You met her That's dad. right, I did. You met oh. Her. And my dad had. I mean, I have a terrible memory, by the way. If you That's don't know okay. Me. That's okay. No, my mother. She she spoke English. She went to high school here. She graduated here and everything. Like, so um, my dad had the accent. Everybody knew he was Italian. He didn't try to hide it from anybody. <laughs> but um, so, anyways, I got this job, and I thought I'm only going to stay about a year just to shut my mother up, you know. And my dad's like, Yeah, you know, I don't like you driving those crazy roads in the wintertime. And I was like, Okay. So uh, I got this job, and they were nice. They would send me to New York. They had an office in New York, so we were closing it down, and I talked to everybody and, and do stuff, and I'd have to get visas for people who were coming from Italy, and I had a lot of fun. I really did. I mean, it wasn't like a, one of those crazy jobs where somebody was on the back of your neck or whatever. It was just a lot of fun. What was it? What was your, what was your actual job title? Well, they, they could have called me janitor as long as they were paying me. <laughs> I right. didn't really care. I was like, well, that's okay. Now, my job title, because I was 11th person they hired, and they were a big engineering company, they said, do you mind if we call you receptionist? I was like, I don't care. As long as you pay me, you can call me anything you want. Yeah. Right. Receptionist <laughs> number 11. You got it, buddy. <laughs> and um, I laughed, you know. Because every time there was a job opening, like in a different division, I wanted that job. And they're like, no, 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 no. We'll give you all the money. We'll give you more money. But we want you there because, you know, people call from Italy. And I would never hang up on them. And we'd laugh and just have a good time. Um, So I said, okay. But then they'd had a job in the automation department that I really wanted. So I said, okay, listen, that's a job I want. If you don't give it to me, I'm out of (laughs) here. And they're like, oh. I said, no, come on. I've been telling you for how long now? I said, well. Will you still go to New York? I'm like, yeah, I'll do anything you want. You know, I don't care. But I, you know, I want to start learning different stuff. I want to learn that software. I want to learn. Sure. So, um, so they they gave it to me, and then from there, we were sold. Uh, we were owned by the Italian government at the time, so we were sold, and another company came in, and uh, it was funny because no one knew from that Italian company that I could understand them, and they'd always come down by where my office was. And they used the phone in the conference room, and they talk real loud. And the Italians forget. It's a telephone. <laughs> you don't have to scream that loud. That's know? right. <laughs> and this guy was like, I can't believe it. There's nobody here who speaks Italian. Uh, he was just all this stuff. And I thought, oh, he's wrong. So, you know, I didn't say anything. And, like, at the end of the week, he was leaving, and I said to him in Italian, um, Bon viaggio. And he said, Bon viaggio. He said, do you speak Italian? And I'm like, well, yeah, I do. 
And he's like, and you haven't told anybody? So you heard all my conversations? I'm like, yeah, pretty much. And he's like, wow. So they bought the company. And uh, they brought in a bunch of different things because we only did reheat furnaces at the time. But um, the, the company was Tech Int. And you name it, they had it. They're one of the, I mean, it's a huge company. They do everything. They did rubber and plastic, which I worked in rubber and plastic too. And I worked with the roll grinders. They brought the Pomini division in. And they said, because you speak Italian, we want you to work there. And they wanted me to be the spy because uh. it was a new company they had just bought. So the guy told me, okay, you just go over there and let's see how it goes. And I said, okay, fine. So I went over and um, they said, but we want you to work with the material handling division. And they brought some guy over. He was no good. I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes these engineers, they're so full of himself. But then I found out he wasn't an engineer. So, you know, he, he made mistakes big time. And I saw them all the time, and I'm like, you know, you're making this mistake. If you don't have this, it, look, the terms and conditions, you have to have this here at this date, otherwise you're not going to get payment. And he's like, oh, you don't know how to read. And I'm like, oh, yes, I do. It's, <laughs> it's in English, you know, and I can read it in Italian too. So um, it, it was really painful to work with this guy. He was just not right. So I had to go over, and they'd say, so what's going on with that? I said, oh, he's messing up. I said, listen, there's a milestone payment. We're going to miss it totally because he doesn't have everything there. And he said, what? So they called him over. And then he knew I was a spy because they kind of ripped him up, you know. <laughs> so uh, he said, well, what about the Pomini group? I said, oh, I took care of them. They're fine. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to talk to you about that for a second. I was like, okay, what? He said, you know, they didn't make that much money last year. And now with you selling those parts, those spare parts, do you know how much money you made? I said, yeah. I said, last year, I don't even think they sold $600,000 worth of stuff. I said, we're well over a million. And I said, our percentage is over 30%. And they're like, did you know that? I'm like, yeah, of course I knew it. And I said, I can do the same thing for rubber and plastics. They said, okay, forget that material handling <laughs> division. You're out of there. So they moved me to the, the Pomini division. And years later, um, there was a problem they had. They bought a company that was in an asbestos lawsuit. So they had to sell the parent company. But I was still working for Pomini. So mm -hmm. they said, okay, we're gonna open up a company. It'll be Pomini and you'll be the president. I'm like, oh, oh wow. I knew, it was, it was fun. And all my customers loved me. You know, I gotta I ask you a question though. When they, they said you were a spy, did they spell that with a Y or an I? <laughs> a Y. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Then it would be spy. That's yeah, it was spy. <laughs> no, that's the same thing, spy, spy, that's the same that's thing. That's right. So, um, and they end up, unfortunately, they had to close the material handling division because that guy messed it up so bad. Mm. And they just handled it from Italy. Um, so his kids, they didn't want to go back to Italy. They wanted to stay here. So that was another situation. We had to kind of like, but uh, I, and I still talk to him every once in a while and his wife. They were nice people. Um, just not a good engineer. No, he wasn't. Okay. No, well, it's funny because I, I tell you what, it's a business point. And I've said this to a lot of people. I said, you know, when it comes to business, you have to separate your personal feelings towards someone, towards whether someone can do the job. Would, and the problem that. now is where people get in trouble, this whole friends and family thing is one thing if they're qualified. But most of the time, it's emotion or who you hire. is, oh, they're a nice person. Or well, I don't want to say nothing mean because they're so nice. So right. it's like, you know what? It, that's what... That's going to hurt you. That's right. So sometimes you got to just say, you know, you're a nice guy or gal, but this isn't working out. Right. But see, that wasn't my forte. I couldn't do it. I hired two people that I had worked with before. 
Uh, they both had retired, but they were young. They went to have kids. So I said, welcome back. They said, is it the same? And I, what do I regret? <laughs> I, so they came back, and um, they just, they couldn't understand, like, what are you doing here? I said, well, we're selling spare parts and service. So let me explain everything to you. So, I mean, it worked out, but thank God they both quit. <laughs> because they called me to Italy and said, I want you to get rid of both of them. And I'm like, well, I can't get rid of both of them. And my friends. Know, well, I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> friends don't do that, what they did, you know. Nah, and they were, they were a little well, bit. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Right. But, you know, so uh, I was happy when they both left. I was like, goodbye. <laughs> Here's a party. Thanks for, thanks for stopping over. All right. So. All right, for those folks who just tuned in, we're with Lydia Strome. She's going to talk a little bit more about business. And we're also going to talk a little bit about social clubs. I do want to pick your brain on that because okay. um, there is a lot of groups out there. And we want to figure out what's going on, how to grow these things, how to get them more involved. With that, I know, Claudio, I know you have a few messages for us. So please take it away. All right. Once again, the Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame banquet will be Wednesday, August 2nd at the Lamont Restaurant in Mount Washington. If you want to become a member or come to the banquet, please email us, questions at italianimpactweekly.com, and we will get back to you and give you the uh, proper information. And don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office, as well as my podcast. Uh, go to my website, claudiorelsano.com. Uh, and as far as our show here, I'm jumping around here, but as I always do. <laughs> But uh, with ItalianWeekly.com, uh, May 4th, Mario Andretti will be on our show. We are also uh, still going to have Donnie Iris on. We are efforting Vince Ferragamo. I'm checking to see if he gets back to me today. The old Rams quarterback, uh, it'll be fun to have him on. Don't forget about our boxing TV show, The Boxing Authorities, on Channel Box with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smokin' Jim Frazier and myself. You can check us out again on Channel Box. Go to the WBC Live link. And my basketball podcast, go to pa-bca.org. And, of course, you can also catch Steve Mancini and myself on Italian Impact. Weekly. There it is. Oh. You missed the impact before, but I wasn't oh. going to say nothing. Oh, didn't I? Uh, That's oh, okay. And our membership That's drive for the Italian Hall of Fame. Membership drive, cigar smoker, complimentary cigar, wine, beer, limoncello sampling, appetizers, $25 a person. Monday, April 3rd. The time is from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Broadleaf room it's a cigar room right next to mambo italiano uh you can also uh contact us through um questions at italianimpactweekly.com yeah, appreciate that and claudia i think we can also catch you at yinzercon oh that's right april 15th i've been i'm flattered to be invited I, uh, to that that's a big time pittsburgh I just don't event have, i just don't have the appeal that you have i mean nah, you've got all these things that. people like claudio come do this Claudio. they say steve uh go get me a coffee nah, <laughs> what nah, can you do nah, nah. What can you do? Anyways, but again, for folks joining in just now, because you know, you may have just tuned out for a second when Claudio went through his commercial, but welcome back, uh, folks. <laughs> I got all kind of no, it's promotion good. stuff. I also do some speaking. If you want to hire me for some That's speaking, right. I'll do that too. I'll do everything. Heart surgery, ACL surgery. I can read about all that stuff, That's watch a right. YouTube video, and I'm ready to go. But again, folks, just tuning back in, we are with Lydia Strume, a successful businesswoman. Um, and interestingly enough, you know, again, I was kind of reading back when... Um, where you worked, and you worked in a lot of steel and manufacturing yes. business, and um, and you were telling me you did it for thirty something years before you retired. Out of thirty three years. Thirty three years, and now you are basically have your own. I opened up my own company. It's uh, DMHC and Associates, and that DMHC is my mother's maiden name, because when I opened it up, I had a contract where my boss in Italy was saying, "Listen, you know they're not so busy," and 
they're going to merge you back with the parent company. So, you know, you better think if you want to go, they're going to look for volunteers. So when they asked for volunteers, I stood on my desk with two Roman candles. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it didn't work out. They said, no, you know, we need you. You're the cash cow. And I'm thinking, oh, that's nice. And, w and what does your company do? My company, mm -hmm. uh, D'Amici's and Associates, we help other companies that want to come here to the United States from Italy. Mm. And there's one in your, in your neck of the woods. Okay. It's Tamini. They are located when you're going up to Swickley Hospital or Heritage Valley. I thought you just say Calabria. Okay, you're talking about Swickley. <laughs> okay. No, so what happened is this company does transformers. Okay. And uh, there's a wonderful guy over there, Gary Orso, and he's running it. He does a great job. So he wanted to come back to Pittsburgh because the company was in right outside by the airport in Chicago. So we looked for places. We, um, we had a place in Moon Township that we stayed there for a few months just to get everything ready. But um, I opened up this company for them. And they, didn't, they had nothing here. So I got them uh, all their health insurance, all their regular insurance that you need because in, in the steel industry you need a lot of insurance. <coughs> because you don't know what's going to happen. I got them a 401k plan. You name it, I got them everything. So when a, an employee walked in, they had a pension. Well, and then they have a great 401k. Um, and, you know, it, it really worked out very nice. So I don't want to, I, I don't, I do not want to trivialize this, but is it almost like, uh, almost like a human capital as a service or is it more like a business as a service? Like you, I want to have a business there. Okay. And I'll take care of everything for I, you. I took okay. care of everything. And there was another company that did the same thing, okay. but everybody wanted to come back to Pittsburgh. Like I, if somebody says, I want to go to Chicago, I'd be like, Oh, you know, I don't know where Bulletproof to Bulletproof vest. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. So, um, so I did that. And then, uh, I had worked. We had this rubber and plastic division. And every time I went to see our machines, I had to walk past another area, and they did the sidewalls of the tire. So every time I would go past this machine, they'd say, hey, Lydia, can you help us with this? I'm like, well, they're in my town. I don't see why not. Let me go back and ask them if they'll sell through us. And I said, okay, go ahead. So I flew over there, and, uh, and I, I told my boss. He says, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. She says, you know, if you're going to bring more money, well, I would never say no. So I went up there, and I'm standing outside, and this big limousine pulled up. I was like, wow, look at this. And it's at, in Italy. In Italy. And uh, you could see just whoever was in that car just came from the airport because all his luggage was coming on and everything. And uh, he walks out, and he says, ma tu? I mean, he, he was teasing me. He said, ma lei, non è lì gestro me? And I'm like, yeah, I am. I says, I'm coming to meet you. He says, and I hear you want to, you know, I'd like to do some business with you guys. And I told him the whole story about, like, you know, nobody here speaks English too well, and we would like to sell your spare parts. He says, okay. He said, for what company? I said, well, specifically for Goodyear. He says, Good Goodyear, you know, they're having a hard time with you guys. I says, and your equipment's fantastic. I mean, it lasts forever. So he says, okay, you can do it. And I don't know if you guys remember 2008 when the world was falling apart and all the steel mills were closing. Yeah. Well, guess what? We never had to close because I had all that big spare part profit from them. So they, they called me back and they said, come here, we want to talk to you. And I said, okay. So I went back and they said, you got to quit Pomini. We want to hire you. And I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, no, because I need, my, I, you know, I need to have my 401k. I need my benefits. You know, I said, well, not now, I can't. Mm -hmm. So um, 
then we sold the rubber and plastic division. And I said, well, can I keep this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You took and make a lot of money with that. And I did. So after a while, they called me back to the, this other company. And they said, we still want to hire you. I said, well, I'm going to retire real soon. And if I retire, I'll open up another company, and I'll use my mother's maiden name, and we can work through that. So they said, okay. And that's what I did. And there you go. Yeah. Now, you know what? I do want to go back. When you were 17, I'm 17. I always say that age for some reason, senior in high school, what were your goals and dreams? I, my, I, you know, I wish I had my yearbook here. Because if you, you turn up, you open your yearbook, and everybody says, what do they want to be? And so I, you know, I'm an engineer. I want to be an attorney. I want to be a doctor. On mine, it says, I want to be content in life. There you go. And that's, and that's what I am. Mm, I mean, because you know what? I mean, it's nice. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, we made a lot of money with me there. Because people <laughs> buy from people. That's right. If you lie to somebody, forget it. You and I have had this conversation about folks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you know, I, I used to say, yeah, what's the three, what do they say in real estate? <clears throat> three most important things in real estate are good location, good location, good location. I, I used to say three most important things in business and really in life are good people, good people, good people, and I've changed that. It's the right people, the right people, the right people, which are good people. You still right. have to have good people. Because mm -hmm. if you have bad people, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and, and, but if you have good pe the right people, you got a shot. Uh, at, at succeeding. But yeah, that, that's a good line. You, you wanted to be content. But what back then did you think would make you content work-wise? I, I didn't care. You didn't care? As long as I had a job that I liked. I didn't care what I was doing. As a matter of fact, um, I'm in, I was in communication. That was my degree. It was in communication. And what school did you get to? I went to CCBC. And then I was working for Kroger's at the time. So Kroger's offered me a management job, but I had to get a management degree. And they were going to send me to Cincinnati, where their parent company was, mm -hmm. to get the degree. But um, they left beforehand. So mm -hmm. I was like, wow. So I went to Penn State for a little bit. And um, then all these jobs kept coming up. And I'm thinking, oh, I'll go to work now. So, I mean, but I loved working for Kroger's, too. That was fun. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. I was working in a deli. So um, it all worked out. You know, I, I was a sales rep for Procter & Gamble. And you get to meet a thousand people with Procter and Gamble, uh, but there was no Italian. Nobody spoke Italian, anything <laughs> like that. But um, so when a Italian Piante came up, I thought. Oh. And at night, I would listen to tapes. I would put in a tape because they always say your subconscious remembers That's everything. Right. Yeah. Like everybody said, what are you talking about? So I would put in a tape where they would say the English word and the Italian word. <coughs> and so when I'd wake up in the morning. My vocabulary was massive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Piedi, piedi, feet. Now, the, the thing I like about you, though, uh, many things. Well, thank you. Uh, thank very you. Very well. But the one thing, and, and I'm the same way. People will say, well, you've done X, Y, and Z. And say, oh, whatever. I, I always think I can do more. Now, you said you're retired. But I'm okay, not retired. But you're not retired. No. And, again, Mario Andretti's famous quote, if you have everything under control, you're not going fast enough. Or Dan Marino, you can do more, you can always do more. You could have stopped. Yep. Gone to Italy, gone wherever you wanted, but right. you started your own company. That's right. And to me, my mom used to call this one guy, he was a relative, a piece of meat with eyes. When he retired, he just 
Oh. He just sat there. No, you know, not never do that. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, waiting yeah. for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right? He's just waiting. And, and my mom said, don't you ever do that. I said, no, ma, I never will. I mean, I probably take it too far. The other end, I have a yep. thousand things mm-hmm. going on. But that's what I want to do. Plus, uh, very honestly, I want to make a buck, too. That's oh, very yeah. important. I mean, I, I still have bills coming in. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. I, I admire that, that you, because you, it is a risk. It is a big risk. And But, and again, I, you could have just said, like, I, I know this one guy. Uh, again, he says, and, and not, you said you wanted to be content, and that's fine. And you are content, but your definition of being content is to keep at it, to keep oh, chasing. Yeah. I keep so, chasing. Yeah, and that's me. I just want I want more, want more, want more. And that's not greedy. No, no. At all. I, that's no. just wanting well, to accomplish things. Don't live for the love of money. Just live to live. That's my, right. my thing is, look, mm-hmm. if you're doing something, to me, you say, well, you know, I want to get rich. You ever see people that say, what's your goal? I want to get rich. No, I don't want to get It's not a good I do. It's not a, but it's not a, it's not a, being wealthy <laughs> can mean a lot of different things to different folks. Right. It's not necessarily about money, but people always say, well, wealthy means, rich means money. The problem is that there's a lot of people that are, quote, rich, and they're miserable. Oh, no doubt. Oh. So, I, I want well, my, my cake, that, I need it too. I want right. both. It's, I, why can't it's you? All, but to me, it's all about, and I believe this, and it took me a long time to, to, to really get this. And I even tell my kids this. I, I said, I don't care what you do in life. Just do it well. Right. right. Let me ask you, because I'm going to kind of flip that to you then. I'm guessing that you had no background in a lot of the things you did. You probably picked it up as you went a long way. So what was, so ultimately, in your opinion, if you were going to say, what's the secret? Like, so let's say there's some young folks listening right now Mm -hmm. and they're going, you know, that's kind of an interesting course you took in life and you probably didn't have a degree in, you know, doing something. But The the most interesting thing you can do is be happy where you're at. Bloom where you're planted. My dad always said. Exactly that. Because, you know, if you're not happy, no matter where you go, you won't be happy. That's right. So I went and I learned everything. Like I sat down and watched them build a machine. I would look at the parts. We'd have the parts come to my office every once in a while because I wanted to see, what is this? What is this double ball screw? What does it do? And I'd look at the book. up. So I learned a lot about that and also with the rubber and plastics. And um, so if somebody calls and says, oh, I need a, a, a crown ball screw, I knew what it was. So not that I knew how it worked. Don't ask me to run that machine because I have no clue. But I knew all that, you know. And I'm guessing you weren't the most passionate thing, but it was like, hey, this is what I do. I'm going to get good at this job. I, and that's and right. Bloom where you're planted is something we used to hear in the military. Because when we were officers, sometimes we would get duties and positions you didn't like. It's like, well, listen, it's like the good book says. If I can't trust you with the little things, I'm sure. not going to give you more responsibility. <laughs> right. So a lot of young people, they say, you know, they, they go work for a company I've been here six months now. I'm ready to be the president. It's yeah, like they luck. forget. No, but there's a lot of people that think that's like I should. I've been here long enough now. Um, I need a raise or promotion. It's like it's like they look at someone like you or like you, and they say, "Oh, you're successful." And they don't understand what you had to go through. Right? Well, they, they, they kind of gloss over the pain. They see the baby, but they don't see the labor pains. That's, that's what my boss is. Give me the baby. Don't give me the labor pains. But you know the thing again. Back to the money thing. I'll never forget. Uh, several years ago, and I, I've told this story on the show. I was I blessed to have fantastic players to coach all these years. But this one year, I'm getting all these wedding invitations from my players. Oh, that's wonderful. Which is wonderful. Yeah, cost you a I, lot of money, but that's okay. I, oh, that's what I said. <laughs> I, I, I told my wife and daughter, I'll never forget, I was at the stove because I was cooking. And, and I said, I opened the mail. I said, I'm going to go broke that's going right. to these weddings. And my daughter, she looked at me and she says, Daddy, we're broke? I said, no, no, honey. I, but, but that... And it's that paura, that, yeah, that, that, that paura, worry, that shows up. You know, and, and, and I, like I said, so you want your cake and you eat it too. Why can't I have a successful marriage and be a great father and be, and never miss my daughter's events and 
work like crazy and go after everything. I, I don't waste time. You know, people yeah. say, how do you do all these things? Well, I don't waste time. But, but uh, to me, again, you know, yeah, I want to do Why can't I do everything that I do well and still chase a buck? So mm-hmm. I can, my dad used to say, keep the wolf away from the door. That's right. You know, and, and that's all I want. I don't need anything. I want to take care of my family like my parents that's did right. with me. That's exactly um, right. And uh, that, that's, that's what we're all about. Hmm. I want to transition because we've got a few minutes left. I do want to talk about involvement. You know, like I said, you and I were, were, were part of the ISDA. And, uh, you know, there's other groups out there. I'm, I'm, I'm a new member of the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh, I'm which I'm trying to be. Get, there you go. And there's other groups out there. And, and you know, these groups a long time ago had no problem getting members, had no problem doing things. I'm curious to pick your brain. What's wrong? How do we fix it? Well, um, let me tell you, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the AIST. They're an association of iron and steel technology. And they were really good here. So uh, I said, well, why don't we go to Italy? Why don't we open a chapter in Italy? And they're like, well, we can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, yes, we can. So I took them to Italy, and we opened a chapter, and now it's called the European, uh, AIST from Europe, and we did very well. You just have to have courage. And you have to tell people, listen, this is something you like. But I got to tell you, a lot of these young kids, not, they're not interested. Now, why? I don't, I, you're not wrong, and I just can't. And I, it, I've got to wonder if it's not what I call the idiot phones. Because there's it, it something be. that's broken. It's broken humans. But I, I think it's how you're raised. Again, obesity holds back up. That's true. Right? That's right. That's my, right. my parents taught me stuff, and it resonates, and I teach my daughter stuff. That's right. I, don't, I think it gets lost. It, gets, it does get lost. So, mm-hmm. well, so. we got to figure out a way. Like I said, we're, we're, you and I are involved in the group, and you know, we're sitting there trying to find ways to do something. And you know, like I said, we had the same conversation at the Calabria Club we met a couple weeks ago. It's the same thing. You know, I went to the fundraiser a couple weeks ago for the Squala Galileo, Detalia uh, Galileo Galilei. Again, same thing. I know it just rolls off. Um, you know, the same things are trying to get people involved. And my whole kind of nab thing was. And it drives me crazy when people say, I'm proud to be this, I'm proud to be that, but they don't do anything for the community. Mm. So I believe you put your money where your mouth is. I give you the last word, thoughts. How do, how do we get people that say, I'm proud to be a whatever. And I don't even, it's not even about Italians, well, whether it's VFW, American Legion, yeah, you know, Rotary, I don't care. Well, they need to learn about the Italy. I mean, let's face it, there's not a lot of us who speak really well Italian. Mm. You know, you listen to your mom and dad and you kind of like mock, you know, as they said, I spent hours and hours mm. of my life being able to speak it. And I go to Italy, and everybody still thinks I was born in Italy. It's <laughs> mean, a good thing, though. Yeah, that is a good thing. Like, he thought I was born in Italy. I like, did. I'm like, you were no. afraid you speak in there. I was like, oh, you must be. No, but know. I never was. One quick request. Got to have her back again. Oh, I'll yeah. come back. I'll come we'll back. We'll bring you back. Don't worry. All I'll right. be back. Well, I think we're just about up, though. All right, Claudio, I think we can actually start telling them who our guests are. Um, yep. We're actually going to have Claire DeMarco from the National Italian American uh, Federation's coming in next. Again, same thing. We're going to talk to the group, say what's going on. A bigger thing on that group, and Claire, be advised, it's going to be what have you done for me lately? Because there's a lot of groups out there, yeah. and they say join us, and you say okay, I've joined you. Now what? Now what? Uh. And then after Claire, we're going to have Nick Mancini, um, owner operator Mancini's Bakery. I'm going to ask him the number one question. Does he mind that we pronounce the name wrong? Because it's Mancini. But it is Mancini. I, I know. A lot of and, Americans and, don't know that. And the Americans mess that up. Yep. Yeah. Damn. Brits, when they came off the boat, they didn't know how to... They spelled through it, put an E instead of an I. And and his family's from a town right behind mine. 
Really? Yeah. Interesting. Sounds well, okay. we're going to have him on in two weeks, and then we're going to have Marky Pasquale on the following week after that. And, again, we've got some big names coming up. Mario Andretti, we're trying to work on uh, who else? Vince Ferragamo, the old Ram. I shouldn't say old. still looks great. Uh, Rams quarterback, Super Bowl quarterback from 1979. Donnie Iris will be on, and uh, that's it. So, um, as always, we appreciate you listening to our show. Lydia, thank you for being a guest. Oh, thank Joe, you thank you, me. brother. Steve, you're the best. And, as always, thank you, Mom and Pop and Linda and Ida. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks again, folks. We'll see you next week.